DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're joined now by Gary Anderson, Utah State football coach. Gary, good morning. Good morning, man. How are we doing? Good. Did you sleep in, get up, good. and watch about 12 hours of football, or, you know, you put in family time? <laughs> how did, how well, did you handle by Saturday? A little bit of both. A little bit of both. A little recruiting, a little bit of that. Uh, a little family time. Hung out with the grandkids a little bit. So, uh, watched a bunch of football. So, did some yard work. Actually, got some things moved around the house a little bit, so it was good times. How do you like having two buys in a season? Because obviously, that's unusual. I don't like it. I wish it was one. So yeah, me too. I'm really good. I'm re- really good with one, and it's just you know, it's. I'm always. I've said this to you guys a thousand times. And I'll probably say it a thousand more times. Is I'm just. I'm not in favor of a longer season for these kids. Period. I'm not in favor of more games. I'm not in favor of two buys. I'm not. I'm just. Let's let's. Uh, Twelve games is plenty and uh, potentially a championship game and then a bowl game and whatever comes out of those things is awesome, but uh, 12 regular seasons is enough. It's 13 now with the bye, and all of a sudden it's 14. It's just academically, and for these kids to be able to do what they need to do, I, I would rather have one. So the, I guess a lot of people would be assuming, well, the downtime in the middle of the season enables them to get healthy, and actually there is a little time for academics or to have a Friday night off and not be in the hotel with the team. Do you actually worry about that? Would you rather just rather have them in the routine? Um, like I said, if you, I, I think everybody would say, hey, let's have a bye right in the middle of the season. That doesn't work out when you have one bye. It doesn't work out sometimes when you have two byes. Uh, but for myself, it's just I like them in the flow of things. I like them to keep going and let's keep grinding and let's keep fighting. And, um, you know, ideally if it was my, hey, you're going to make the schedules and here you go, uh, Gary Anderson, what do you want? I would say no buys. I would say let's play 12, 12 weeks straight and, and uh, go play and keep the kids in the mojo and keep them moving. There's just a lot of change of pace that takes place during buys. Some of that can be very positive, um, but I just as well keep them in a keep them in a in a good spot and keep them grinding and moving through it. Sometimes even with one buy, you play two games and you have a buy. Um, so it it is what it is. I understand that, but uh, you guys asked me, so I yeah. gave you my opinion. <laughs> you know, you look at that Nevada team, who obviously is your next opponent, and against San Jose, and San Jose is not bad this year. They're at least it appears to me they're a little bit better than they have been. So you look at Nevada, and they've got a quarterback who throws for over 350. they got a running back who runs for over 100. they got a receiver who catches over 100 yards of receiving. It looks like offensively, these guys are pretty good. Yeah, they really are, and they, uh, you know, they started the, the other quarterback this last game, and they've uh, won some big games with the with the other guys playing also. So they're efficient. They're a pistol offense, which is a little bit of a, a departure from the true read zone stuff. It's more downhill in the run game. Um, receivers made some big plays. They got off to a great start in the uh, in the San Jose State game and, and made some big plays on offense and defense and. Uh, so you know we'll have a work cut out for them. You look at the schedule, who they beat, how they played. They've played well. They've had, you know, some scenarios where it uh, hasn't gone their way. A lot of teams have had those scenarios at this point. But I think they're a tough-minded team. They play well. They bounced back last week and, you know, played very well and then won a tightly contested game. So we will have our work cut out for us. They're gifted at the wide receiver position. Uh, the running backs, we were very familiar with that young man. He's a very, very talented player, um, in our opinion. And uh, the quarterback came in, the JC guy came in, and he did a nice job in his, in his first start. So. You know, defensively, they're they're physical up front. They play the odd front. I think that their uh, their defensive tackles are very good players, and the inside linebackers are the flight of the football. So, it'll be a great test. There's no doubt about it. Which everyone we got left, these next seven are all going to be great tests for us on this team to see how we handle each week, and then see how we handle them as a whole. 
So you said they were tough-minded, and it seems to me that that's one thing that coaches are supposed to be, say about teams. Uh, you can't really get in trouble for saying it. It doesn't give away much of the game plan. It's a good thing to say. I guess that's why so many coaches say it. But I think mm-hmm. it's actually true about Nevada. I'm looking at their scores here, and they've won three close games. Uh, they beat Purdue by a field goal. They beat San Jose by a field goal. And Weber State game a game, and that was a six-pointer. But they have gotten their doors blown off twice. And Oregon, 77-6. to And then Hawaii came into Reno and won 54-3. And yet they bounced back from that. And win a close game. That you've followed college football probably longer and closer than I have, but that seems really unusual to get blown out that badly and yet be able to still have a winning record and to bounce back and win close games. No doubt. I, I completely agree with that. And you look how they came back in the, uh, you know, you look at the Purdue game, and that game was eight minutes left. Uh, it's been a couple of weeks since I watched that, but they were down and had to make some great things happen, and they did to be able to come back and, and get that victory. So they've done it in and out. They've been on both sides of it. And like, uh, like you just said, they, they have bounced back, and they found a way to recover um, if they had a bad week, and they found a way to you know consistently come back and, and play good football back-to-back weeks in some situations. So they, they're battlers, um, and their coaches are tough guys. You know, we, we know a bunch of the coaches on that staff, and they, they work hard. They take care of their business, and you know they demand, I'm sure, that the kids practice and play hard, and they know what league they're in. And so... You, uh, you're correct in um, your evaluation, in my opinion. We're at the midway point of the season now, and so a lot of teams we've seen, they have good things, they had bad things about their team. I wanted to address deficiencies, and just generally speaking, not specifically to your ball club, but if you have a deficiency in whether it's defensive line or whatever it might be, you know, obviously you can go out and you can recruit to make that better going into the next year. But what can you do during the actual season to make whatever deficiency and whatever unit you have better now? Great question. In fact, just got out of the staff meeting. That's why it was a couple minutes late that we were just discussing that. And how do we get in a position? And we use that our bye week to be able to work some kids in some spots to give them some opportunities. But you come back after the weekend and uh, you realize that you may get some kids back. You may not get some kids back. So you look to adjust. And um, it's potential position moves. Uh, that's the first thing with youthful players. Put them in a spot that it may not be the position that they're going to play their uh, rest of their career. Uh, as far as we know right now, now as coaches, but it is a position where they can help us this year. We have that we have that situation of safety, um, and so we'll be doing that. We'll look around and we'll see exactly how it is and where we need to go with a couple of young men to let them uh, position themselves to be in the, the depth at the safety position. Um, you know, feel the the exact same way. Move some some linebackers around a little bit to get those inside linebackers there. So that's the first way. The second way is to simply identify and look at yourself as coaches and make sure that you're asking. Uh, the kids to be able to do things that they can do physically and that they can do mentally. And quite frankly, it fits your personality um, and your personnel, your football team. And those are the two things we talked about this morning that are important for us to be able to, you know, establish some consistency at certain positions and also be preventative if we unfortunately suffer an injury at a spot to where, um, you know, we, we, we need to be prepared to handle those injuries if they do come our way um, to the best of our knowledge, I guess, for the coaching staff and for the players and everybody involved to get the best kids out there if something happens. You know, with the bye week, you got a little extra time to gear up, and I'm, I'm curious how much you've had a chance to talk to Jay Hill and the Weber staff because it seems like their game with Nevada was unusual. 1913 is really low scoring. I mean, Nevada's playing 34-31, 41-38 games. 
What happened in that game to keep it low scoring, and how much of it can you replicate? Well, I think, you know, we have – I talked to Jay quite a bit, obviously, and uh, um, always have and, and always will. I think, number one, Weber has – they have a heck of a defense now. They have, they're stout up front. They play hard. Their inside linebackers are really good players. And, you know, they've done, they've done some good things. And, um, you know, they stopped the run. Uh, they kept the quarterback a little bit off pace. We're facing a different quarterback now that um, – than they were playing then. Um, I think the game plan will not change overall. They're still going to be like we talked about the pistol team. But, you know, it's, uh, that communication is always good to talk with coaches uh, when you have that opportunity. And, you know, I think we learned a lot at the LSU game with communicating with, uh, with Aranda and with Bush and with Corey and their offense and defensive coaches on the LSU side. Obviously, we don't face each other again. So then you can really open up and say, hey, what did you like? And we, I think it helped them and I think it helped us as we communicate. So that's, uh, I think if you're not doing that, uh, you're doing a disservice to your program and to your kids if you're not reaching out to coaches that you trust that uh, can help you with the opponent or, quite frankly, can help you with uh, yourself after you've played them. I've always been fascinated, no matter the sport, when a coach gets into a program, how he goes about building that program. And you've obviously built programs. You built Utah State the first time around. And when you do that, is there a specific area you look to strengthen first on a football team or you try to go across the board? Oh, I think one of our biggest things, and Jesus, like you were in our staff meeting this morning. It's pretty, <laughs> pretty impressive. So, um, you know, the, the overall for us is the toughness factor. And when you say that, again, that can be coach talk very, very uh, clearly. It can be. But for us, we really want to make sure when we recruit, we're trying to recruit a young man that we think has the toughness and the ability to be able to, um, you know, handle our program from an academic standpoint, handle Cash Valley uh, for exactly what it is, which we think is greatness, um, a great place to go to college and all that's involved, but it's not for everybody. And then on the football side of things, you got to be able to handle it. So I think that's important. Um, stamp on your program through the weight room training room all the way through the other thing is just you know positionally you always want to do your best to uh you know the difference makers are are so important i think as we recruit now quite frankly we have a better chance to find difference makers throughout the year whether that be today somebody commits whether that be the early signing day somebody signs that be the second signing day somebody signs or after the signing day with a young man that 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 has a story or a transfer or whatever i think we can find those skill players throughout the year we need to make sure we build our line of scrimmages through um the young kids and quality jc players as much as we can that's not as easy um for us to recruit those kids all year round they're more the second signing period the first signing period um and recruiting those kids now to stabilize our front and make sure we do a great job in state with those uh, you know line of scrimmage players and and developing those guys because we do pride ourselves on being a developmental program so that's, i would say those are two important things for us establishing who we are how many high schools did your coaching staff visit on a on the bye week Oh, I don't know. That's a good question. A bunch, and a bunch of junior colleges. We hit the junior colleges pretty hard. And what's great for us is we, you know, recruiting staff gets us to the point to where we have evaluated them. We know who they are. We've talked to them on the phone. We've communicated with them. We've seen their film. But we are so selective this year with our low numbers of young men that we can actually bring into our program. Um, you know, we're looking for difference makers, and if we're going to offer them, we deem them as really as a difference maker this year uh, with this class. And that's whether they're a mission kid, that's whether they're a JC kid or a high school kid. Uh, so seeing them 
in person is so, so important. It's always a big part of the process. Um, but seeing play a game live is so important. And there's some young men today that we watched that, you know, there was discussion, yes, he fits us. He's the competitive edge we want. There's some kids that know he doesn't. He's too underdeveloped for this year's class. He's not in a position to be a difference maker for us depending on the position that he's playing. So a uh, number of high schools, number of junior colleges, and it was great to you know get out in state and be able to see some young men and evaluate them too, So which is always a, a priority. So it was a good weekend as far as that goes. Well, Gary, we appreciate a few minutes. You can go back to your staff meeting and share some more PK's brilliant thoughts. And, you know, yeah, probably yeah, I'm going to bring him up next week. PK, get up here. Six, I'll get you 6.30. We'll hang out, have a donut, and then uh, <laughs> 7 o'clock staff meeting starts. You good? Yeah, absolutely. Whatever you need. Okay. okay. No, no seriously, right. we'll do the show without him. If he gets to be inside your program one morning, he can come back with all kinds of knowledge. We'll do it. That would be, I mean, yeah, it'd be, yeah, it's we'll, hard we'll, to get through a day without him, but we can do it. A week is too much. We'll, we'll, we'll gain from his knowledge. You okay. know that. All right. Yes. Thank Hey, guys, hey, have a wonderful week. Okay. Go Aggies.